You're listening to Sustainably Geeky, the podcast for everyday environmentalists. Hi, and welcome to Sustainably Geeky. I'm Jennifer, and I'm joined today by Chris and Jen, our regulars. Hello. And this is episode 25, um, and we're here with Linda to talk about plastics just in time for uh, Plastic Free July. So um, Linda is the founder of a zero-waste company that makes um, handmade zero-waste items called Screw Plastic, and uh, I'll let her tell you a little bit more about it, but she's got some really cool stuff. I actually met her at a farmer's market several years ago. Um, where she was selling this stuff and I immediately like geeked out and said we need to be friends because you make all these cool things. So um, Linda was nice enough to be on the show today and um, I'm going to let you kind of talk a little bit more about yourself and and how you kind of came to, uh, you know, embrace the, the zero waste or the low waste lifestyle. Okay. Um, well, um, basically, the whole thing happened when I moved to the States first. Um, I moved to the States from Germany, and I grew up recycling and composting and the whole spiel that's completely normal to us. And after moving here, I realized that there's a lot of things that can improve and that are so normal to me, but I don't see them here. So I started to think, like, what can I do? We lived in an apartment complex. and I was just so shocked because the whole waste, everything went into one bin, like no recycling, not even cardboard, nothing, everything just all together in the same bin. Um, and I was already talking a little bit with my friends in Germany about the whole topic. Um, but I really decided now I'm, I'm here. I see that there's things that can and should change. So might as well do it. Um, I don't know. I saw I saw plastic everywhere after a while. Um, I'm, the whole plastic utensils when you go to a restaurant that is that was so new to me and threw me off. Like, why am I sitting in a restaurant but I'm getting plastic utensils instead of actual silverware? I mean, I'm sitting down in the atmosphere, you know. Like, it makes it a little bit nicer and it's also well cost efficient for the for the business to do it itself. So I started seeing all these plastic items just piling up and I thought I have to do something. So I started off with uh, bringing my own utensils when I'm out. So I always have my own silverware with me. Um, I switched to straws from time to time. I never really used them before, but Americans like a lot of ice. So there's almost no escaping the straw. Um, and then I slowly went to bringing my own produce bags and I saw them online and I kept thinking, hold on, I can make that. I was taught to sew in, in school. They home egg was teaching me how to sew. And well, then one friend, uh, gave me her sewing machine because she didn't need it anymore. And that's basically how this whole thing started. I started out making things for myself. And then later on, I was thinking, hold on, there's a need. I'll do it. You know, I'll take care of it. And how many years ago was this? Um, About three years ago is when we started. So we started off at small little farmer's markets. Um, and now we're actually in five different store locations. So that's pretty cool. Oh, that's awesome. 
Yeah, that's great. Yeah. And you recently launched an Etsy for for Screw Plastic, right? That's the name of the store. Mm-hmm. That all happened during the pandemic. Everything was closed, and I had it planned already, but I love to procrastinate, so. <laughs> that well, fire. That, yes, it gave me, it definitely fueled me. So I was thinking I have to do right now. Now is the perfect time. Um, well, and my Etsy's up now, so. That's awesome. Yeah, so I love that you saw a problem and you you didn't just complain about it. You you thought I can do something about this. I'm gonna um, start, you know, with myself, and then you just branched out and said, you know what, I'm gonna help other people, and I love that. So um, I guess first before we we move on, let's talk about what Plastic Free July is. Um, this will this episode will come out in the middle of June to give people some time to, uh, you know, get ready for that. I know, you know, there's a lot going on in the world right now, but we can still try to minimize our use of plastic um, in some ways. Um, So do you want to talk to that real quick? Well, I'm not an expert. I'm not the one owning the whole thing um, on the the Plastic Free July. But um, basically, it gives you um, like a New Year's resolution kind of a start to actually starting something so you're not doing it all alone you actually have a group supporting you you get like little emails um on how to live with less plastic you can pledge to sign up i think for like one week or also for the entire month so you can don't have to jump in the cold water right away you could give it a day even if you want to um the main focus is really just to well, give people a community and to help them start somewhere because it can be overwhelming. Yeah, it's it's a it makes it accessible when you break it down into just one month or one week. And Chris, I think you were the one that originally introduced me to that uh, initiative. So how long have you been practicing Plastic Free July that's now turned into Plastic Free every month? <laughs> uh, I went zero waste. Say me because I dragged Ray and the kids along. Um, I think officially like four years ago, four years ago, but I'd heard about it before that. I saw a little snippet on the news about Bea Johnson and the zero waste thing. And how she had just started. I think she'd only been doing it for like six months or something like that. So for a while. Yeah. But this pandemic is messing with it. Yeah. <laughs> Especially yes. where we are. So, yeah. No, it's going to be very, very challenging. July will be. I might have to, I'm going to have to lower expectations for sure. Yeah. Let's, so here. let's talk about that. I know, um, Chris, you had some questions about how the pandemic is affecting our ability to, like, use less plastic. Um, and I know I personally have, have, had a hard time because for one like if you order out now everything's in disposables you Mm -hmm. can't bring your own or ask them to use it um so what's been y'all's experience with that so for me it's I was very I had a I had a good system what I felt was a good system in terms of shopping and for the four of us we were doing one I think it was 75 nope it was a large garbage can worth of garbage a month to six weeks, depending on that. That's how we got down. I don't know how people can stuff everything in a little jar. I don't know how they do that. Um, but since moving first and then the pandemic, I don't, I'm scared 
to bring my own stuff. Most grocery stores here won't even let you. They'll let you do um, the plastic boxes. If you bring those along, some grocery stores have them. You can buy them. They'll let you do that, but they don't let you do your own produce bags and they don't let you bring your own bags. Um, and then I just don't trust people not touching everything. <laughs> so I buy everything in plastic now because it's, for me, it's peace of mind. So that's what's changed during this. And I'm not, I don't know how, once the dust settles, how we're going to, as a movement, going to bounce back from this if we can, if we're going to have to look at shopping differently than we did before, because there may or may not be new restrictions. Um, so yeah, so I want to know what it was like for you guys down where you are, if it's based county by county, uh, chain like grocery chain by grocery chain or, or what it's like. And do you see it recovering? Cause we've put so much work in and finally, I mean, we have a chain, a bulk food chain store up here in Canada that finally two years, two years ago, finally started letting you bring your own container in. And it took a long time for us. And to, it's amazing. <laughs> yeah. To go when I visited. <laughs> um, and uh, yeah. yeah, so now I, I mean, you can order from them online and do curbside pickup, but everything again comes in plastic and we do have soft like plastic um, recycling bins in certain counties. Not every county's got one where you can take it to be recycled, but obviously recycling is a good place to start, not a good place to stop. So yeah, how do you see it coming out the other side of this pandemic? Um, I hope that people see a change right now. In I mean, maybe HEB in Texas in general is a little or a lot more relaxed. Um, we're still bringing our produce bags and are okay with that and um, did not have any issues yet. But you can still, um, I mean, the bread is everything. There's you don't even get the option anymore to get it plastic free. Um, so we're at that point where I started baking and sometimes um, I'm too lazy. So I buy some, I mean, I, there's sometimes there's no way around it, especially not right now. Yeah. I'm curious to see like some of these um, stores that have built their brand around being you know, package free, uh, like grocery stores, uh, what they're doing, because there are several in the bigger cities that say, you know, bring your own container, buy from us, but we don't, um, we don't put anything in plastic and this has to be impacting their ability to do that for sure. Yeah. Mm, What is that? I would like to know what that bulk store in Canada is called. Oh, it's called bulk barn. Bulk barn. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Yeah, it's nationwide. <laughs> I, I, I stalked them online and um, tried to see if there were any U.S. locations, and I couldn't find any, but nope. I'm going to petition them to come to Texas. <laughs> that is such a cool concept because I feel like, I don't know, at least where I've been, there haven't been, there are bulk sections, and that is a nice start, but an entire store where it's all in bulk and plastic-free, that is that is amazing. Yeah, well, most, like, they've been around for I don't know, a long time. Um, and it's only been in the last couple of years where you can bring your own container and that they have started doing mm-hmm. um, zero waste options. Cause before that it was, theirs was um, uh, if you need a pinch or a pound, so you can get what you need, but it definitely wasn't based on being zero waste at all. Cause you had to use their little plastic bags 
you couldn't reuse them because the bulk burn police were up and down the aisles. Um, so they just started in the last couple of years. And so seeing that, and I love bulk burn because they have so much available to you that you may not find in a regular grocery store, or if you only need a little, especially spices, if you only need like a little container full and that's it, it's super cheap. Like I can get pepper for like 15 cents. Oh, wow. You know, cause I <laughs> need a little bit or salt or whatever. And, um, so yeah, to have it roll back and they were very quick to be like, okay, nope, nobody's bringing in anything that's their own. So I'm just ha- worried that it'll just be a reason for them not to go back. Yeah, I hope not. Program. I hope I not hope too. That it will I really come liked back. it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah like it's, Linda said, we have some rest or some um, grocery stores down here that have bulk sections and some, in the Austin area and bigger cities have bigger bulk sections and they let you tear your um, containers and, or they did and bring your own. But like in the town we live in, you know, the few grocery stores that have a bulk section, they're very limited and they don't let you tear your containers. So you have to pay for the weight of, you know, the plastic bag or I'm sorry, the plastic container or glass or whatever you find. So it adds to the cost. Um, but now, yeah, I'm I'm really worried that um, it may be a long time, if ever, that we're allowed to do that again. And that was such a big part of this low waste, zero waste movement. So, mm-hmm. and it happened so just, quick too. Oh, yeah. Sorry, I was just gonna jump in. So, what are maybe some of the top few things that people can start doing if they're new to zero waste or you know, trying to switch um, out of using so much plastic. Is there just a couple of things that you would recommend that have the biggest bang for the buck, if you will? Um, well, I would say even though it's currently not available, bulk shopping. <laughs> um, but what you can do right now is still bring your own grocery bags because this is the easiest thing you can do. Start in your kitchen and with what you eat. Um, I realized that after I was going zero waste or I'm I'm more low waste, I'm not completely plastic free and I'm not perfect, um, that I was forced to eat healthier. There was no Twinkies, there was no Oreos and whatever else may be in plastic, plastic chips, the bags and everything. Um, I went away from that. So main thing that you can do right now is still make sure you buy fresh. Um, If you have a farmer's market that's open right now, please support those guys. They need it the most. And um, I haven't had any issues at farmer's markets. They're always so open. They actually welcome it because it saves them money and packaging costs too instead of them constantly having to buy plastic or whatever they're packaging it in. when you bring your own back, that's already out of their way. Um, and what I would also like to see people start doing is um, just in general, bring your own water bottle. You do not have to buy a plastic water bottle. That is, it, it doesn't make any sense to me why you would go to a gas station and buy water that is, well, basically two cents packaged in a plastic packaging um, but you're paying like 
two or three dollars for it. So shipped halfway oh, around the world. That too. And displaced from another, yeah, another uh, ecosystem. It's it's awful. <laughs> yeah. It is hard right now, though. I'm not gonna lie. Like buying groceries without plastic right now is really it is a task. Yeah, it's very difficult. Like our grocery, we're still pretty good because I I do cook and bake a lot at home but yeah it's it's not great and because we have bulk barn I what when we first got into this it was like you eat better you lose weight and I'm like yeah but bulk barn's got bulk candy and bulk cookies so oh yes <laughs> that's not gonna happen <laughs> yeah so it's a trade-off, uh, it's a trade-off. Yeah. <laughs> works too no, the, the bulk section, especially with the candies, because some of their stuff is really good when it's out. I have a hard time stopping myself, too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Can we um, back up for a second? We kind of jumped into this, excuse me, just talking about like why or, or things you can do. But let's let's talk about why plastic is bad in the first place. Uh, why should people avoid using plastic? What is what's the big deal? Well, um, big deal basically is um, you use it for a short amount of time and it stays around forever. Um, a lot of it actually is not recyclable or hard to recycle. So it does get produced and get sent to the landfill or ends up in the ocean or wherever it may end up. Um, it also ends up in our um, wildlife in nature. I mean, we've all seen the turtle with the straw in the nose. We, we've seen that video. Um, we've seen birds that had plastic in their bellies or stomachs. <laughs> and um, it's, it's just completely, it's, it's just bad for the environment because it stays around that long. If it would break down, maybe that might be a more um, sustainable option, but it simply doesn't. Yeah, and... Um... Chris mentioned earlier that sometimes there is the option to recycle, but that's not what we should be going for. We should be trying to reduce, reuse first, and then recycling should kind of be one of our last options Um, because it is very challenging, like you said, to recycle a lot of plastics. Um, They degrade each time you recycle them. So at a certain point, they're no longer recyclable or if there's the slightest bit of contamination sometimes, you know, the whole batch has to be thrown out. So I think uh, when, when you start looking at how many things you use have plastic in them and you, you look around your, your house or, you know, your just life in general, um, you'll be amazed at how addicted we are to this substance that is now in almost everything. There's, it, there's really no avoiding it. I mean, even even the phone I use, you know, has pieces of plastic on it and it's 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 like we can never fully get away from it, but um, hopefully we can avoid the things that are not 100% necessary. Yeah. I mean, there are certain ways or certain things that you can't escape it on your phone, for example. I or well, your your debit card or credit card, okay. Um, but there are ways where you can avoid it, and I think it's important that people see it and make that conscious change and change sorry um instead of just um completely giving up or ignoring the issue because it's not going away 
So I have a question. Um, sometimes there's new products that come out that seem like a really good idea for replacing plastic and um, they might end up like not working so well. Have you had any bad experiences or any of you on the like call just share like some epic failures that we should avoid <laughs> or let the listeners know not to spend their money on it? Hmm. Well, I've had experiences with like, I told Linda this, with bamboo toothbrushes, sometimes the bristles coming out in my mouth or even sometimes the handle where, you know, the bristles are gets mildewy. Um, and I don't know if that's because of how it's made or because I'm not rinsing it well or what, but uh, there's things you, you have to look for for like maintaining it, I guess, upkeep a little better than if it's plastic, it won't, you know, do that. Ideally. <laughs> uh, what about you, ladies? I tried making my own toothpaste. Oh, gosh, yes. No. Same no, here. It was gross. It was so oh. gross. So that's the that's <laughs> the one thing that I'm like, forget it. I will buy the tube. It just, it was terrible. Yeah, because I've... Uh, like the flavor or... <laughs> Just, well, I couldn't use baking soda because two people in the house are allergic to baking soda or very sensitive to it. Um, and then it was the, I could not mask the taste of the baking soda. It was so salty. And then I tried uh, betonite clay and it just didn't feel like I was cleaning my teeth. It just felt like I was making them dirtier. Um, so yeah, so I just, I gave up on that one. I was like, no, I don't care how many videos I watch and this is the one is no, it's gross. <laughs> so, couldn't get it down. So I've relinquished that one and just try to buy the best toothpaste I can find that everybody likes in the house. So yeah, yeah no, that I tried that too way at the beginning and yeah. my husband was trying it and he, he spit it out right away. And it was, I was really trying to fight it because save the planet and stuff, you know, mm -hmm. but no, mm -mm. You're like, it's fine. Ugh. As you try not to throw up. <laughs> and a couple of drops of essential oil, like peppermint didn't help either. I tried it with, what is it called? Xylitol? Oh, okay, yeah. yeah. Ooh, that didn't help either. It was it was a hot mess. <laughs> but uh, Linda has looked into selling, what, the little tabs um, that are chewable and they come in a glass jar. And then yeah. I've also seen oh, powders. Yeah. So there are alternatives that we don't have to make ourselves and make them. Yes. I there are. When I, yeah, go ahead. Sorry, Linda. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, no, um, I heard also of people using that um collapsible straw. I mean, I never personally used it because I got that little bit of extra room in my bag or in my car. Um, but some people were saying that it's hard to clean out, so it has mold and gross funky stuff in there so I heard that that one was also a, a great idea because it's small and compact but realistically it didn't really turn out to be that great so yeah I can speak to that because I got I backed that on Kickstarter and I like it but yeah if I I can't really drink soda or anything sticky with it because if I don't rinse it out immediately um, and it, since it's got a silicone insert you've got to like rinse between that too it gets oh. it gets kind of gross well, I mean, if you, you if you don't, you know, it's just going to stick in there. So and it's harder to clean. So oh, definitely good idea. Harder to maintain. 
What about you, Jen? What what have your zero waste uh, fails been? I think we shared this one before the that floss that we tried. Um, it was like the Tom's brand. It's made out of like some kind of string or cloth or something. And the minute your saliva like kind of gets into it, it starts to like shred a little bit and like gets real oh thick, God. and it's hard to like get it in in between your teeth. So I bought a water toothpick thing instead, <laughs> and that seems to be working pretty well. I mean, I haven't gotten any cavities, so we're good. <laughs> um, I made my own sunscreen. Um, I was, like, really convincing myself that it was working <laughs> until I got burnt. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> like, oh. all of my friends were like, you look like you're getting like a little bit red. And I was like, no, I, I put zinc in here. And I put like all the ingredients that it said to use. And they were like, I don't know, girl, but you look like <laughs> you rubbed a bunch of grease all over your body. Oh no. <laughs> oh no. You know, like back in the day when we used to rub like, you know, baby oil and stuff. Like, oh God. The, the worst like, thing you could do. Looked like. I looked like I was just ready to and it happened so I don't know I guess I had the wrong recipe or something but I was I definitely gave it a go and now I still have it I just haven't used it (laughs) maybe I'm overcast when you try something like that and it doesn't work then you're like I have to throw all this out what do I I do and then you hold on to it out of guilt and then it just clogs up your space and it's like this I have all the ingredients I even put like beeswax in there I mean there's all kinds of stuff I put in there and I mean, I think it lasted for maybe an hour, but then after that, it was just, I got, I probably didn't get as burned as I would have if I didn't have anything on, <laughs> but it definitely So you could use it for like replace. short, short walks yeah. or something. Yeah. <laughs> just don't I'm go tan. That, uh, yeah. I don't or know. Or like you so were saying, I, only on overcast days. <laughs> Cloudy. I'm definitely willing to give it a second try. I just, yeah, that was just one of those moments where I was like, dang it, I was really hopeful. And everyone made fun of me. <laughs> but it's okay. They're like, see, it doesn't work. I'm going to keep using the store-bought stuff. That well, sucks. they're showing, like, we have a toxicologist in my office, and they're showing that, like, all these sunscreens are causing cancer. So, it's like you can't win. It's like just don't be out in the sun for longer than an hour at a time unless you've built up the tan to like – I don't even know if that's good. Building up a tan is probably like <laughs> going like to not be good either. But yeah. anyways, wear the sun block or the sunscreen shirts. I know Linda yes. wears those. Yes. Yes. Those actually – that is something that helped me. So – Cause I'm, I like sunscreen, but I'm, I mean, I'm pale, you know? Um, and I do want to be out alone. There's no way, there's also no way of escaping the sun in Texas. So that is my solution. Basically wearing those surfer shirts, the longer ones, and they seem to work so far. Floppy hats. Oh yeah. Um, so you bring up an interesting point, Jen, like a lot of times we try these recipes we find online or we, you know, think I can make this myself and then it doesn't work out or you just end up with a bunch of weird stuff. But um, 
Linda, I know you actually make and sell a lot of these things that you've kind of developed your own recipe for. So how did you do that? Like, what was your process there? Figuring out what works and what doesn't? Was it just a lot of trial and error? Or it, It's a lot of trial and error. <laughs> a whole lot of trial and error, yes. Um, so I basically look up different ingredients that would work and then throw them all together and hope for the best. <laughs> and... If I am getting somewhere, I'm going down that rabbit hole a little further. Um, if not, I abandon that project. But that's also why, um, for example, our body oils that we have, and we're going to come out with our hair oils and face oils, they're taking forever because we're still tweaking it to get there where we're completely satisfied. And there, God, there was a lot of trial and error, a lot of pimples, a lot of, <laughs> a lot of everything. You and Rick were the guinea pigs for that, right? Your husband? Um, yes. We also send it out to family members and friends, um, the products regularly, so they can try it out, or even coworkers to, if, if if they are willing to be the guinea pig, we're not throwing them in the cold water and saying, hey, this works great. We're <laughs> um, like, if, are, are you ready? Would you like to try something out? And then they help us that way, yes. That's good. Yeah. We could probably do a whole episode on like fails, <laughs> things yeah. we've tried and failed at. And oh boy, yeah. It's it's more common than people think, so I think it's it's good to note that um, we're not gonna do everything right the first time. Some of it's gonna take trial and error, and it's gonna take practice. Um, like Linda said, it's not about perfection; it's about doing better. And um, you you've said this several times, you know, before, but like you don't have to do zero waste, you know, all the time. Low waste is better than, you know, nothing, what we were doing. And I think I've heard the phrase, you know, one person or, or if everybody did low waste, you know, most of the time, it's better than one person doing zero waste all the time. Right. So it's about reducing our overall impact, not, you know, perfection at all costs. It's <laughs> perfection isn't well, not only is it not sustainable for yourself because people do work and they do not always have the time to cook fresh at night, even though that is the perfect image and everything. Um, and sometimes, sometimes you do end up getting a straw when you're out partying, even though you tell the bartender, don't give me a straw, but he's giving you one anyway. So sometimes you can't avoid it, but it's the, it's really, trying to make a change where I think and not stressing yourself out like okay today I did something wrong wrong or I I wasn't as um sustainable or eco-friendly as I would like to be but I'll try a little harder the next day I think that makes it a lot easier too yeah it takes a long time to build a habit um I know like I got really good at bringing my straw to restaurants but then I would forget to tell the waiter no straw and inevitably that would be a restaurant where they stuck it in your cup anyways. And you're like, cool. Yes. <laughs> but so then you have to retrain your brain. I need a water, no straw or a Coke, no straw or whatever. Um, and, and it is a learning process and you, you just got to try not to beat yourself up over it. And, you know, like everything else, be kind to yourself. <laughs> yeah. Well, um, do you ladies have any other questions or comments about plastic or uh, ways to reduce our use of plastic? 
I had one about just common misconceptions about going zero waste, you know, about being like inconvenient or too hard to do. But I just didn't know if you come across a lot of excuses that um, and like how you overcome those excuses or what are you what do you say to people to kind of help them make the transition? Mm. Well, I personally, I hear a lot of misconceptions, mostly when I'm out at the markets. Um, There are people that get a little defensive. They're like, basically, they don't they don't really want to change things, but they would. Um, I hear a lot that it's it's hard. And I, I do get that because if you're striving for perfection, you're not, you're not going to get there because you're overwhelming yourself with the whole issue. Um, I, I personally just tell people when they tell me it's too hard, why would I even try? I'm like, look, there's easy options. There's simple switches. Like instead of buying a plastic toothbrush, get yourself a bamboo one. Um, instead of, wrapping that little onion that you're getting at the grocery store in plastic and then taking it home in another plastic bag, bring your own produce bags, you know, things like that you can, you can do. Um, I also hear a lot that, well, I cannot change anything anyways. So basically I'm like, it's useless if I even try, um, which is just simply not true. You can, you can, and you will see it in your own waste cycle at home that you are producing less, which is also taking stress away from you. I mean, and I, I don't know. I think Rick is happy that he doesn't have to take the trash cans out every week. So <laughs> um, I, I think um, there are alternatives that you can take and you should take if you're really interested. If you really want to learn how to play the guitar, you're going to put your mind to it and do it, right? Um, so there are ways I've also heard, and that is, that one is throwing me off, um, that all the zero waste people are basically dirty hippies, basically, (laughs) (laughs) clearly, which we're all dirty hippies. Um, I don't know. I I don't see it. I don't see anything wrong with using natural materials in your clothing or caring a little bit more about the planet. So I, I don't think we're dirty. <laughs> we smell great. We do. <laughs> it's all those essential oils. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> yeah, and I think um, echoing back to one of our uh, other original cast members, Stefan, who was on uh, the show when we first started, he said, you know, it's just more interesting to, like, live environmentally conscious too, right? Like, it's it's not the norm like it, it gives you something that sets you apart and it's it gives your mind something else to you know focus on so I, I think that's a big part of it too it's just like sell that what you're doing makes you cool and unique and and you're also helping the planet you know and it's it's just cooler to like bust out a sandwich wrapped in beeswax wrap than a you know ziploc bag how is the uh, how is the beeswax stuff working out long term? Like how long does it last? It depends. Well, it depends on how well you take care of it. Like you're supposed yeah. to wash them in cold water. Because if you hit them with the hot water, then obviously it softens things up. But I've had beeswax wraps for years. 
they stain there's that happens but yeah and then afterwards um abigo is a really great company they're a canadian company and they sell their off cuts of their wraps as fire starters oh cool so they do twists cool. yeah and it works i threw one in our fireplace at our old house one time and mm. it worked um yeah they last they they're supposed to last up to about a year um but longer if you if you don't use them as often and if you really take care of them yeah. Did you know you can replenish them? You can if you stick them in your oven. <laughs> my friend Linda taught me that. <laughs> I was amazed. I did it, and I was like, oh, my God, it's brand new. <laughs> yes. They last forever. I mean, I've had mine for over a year and haven't had to replenish it, and there are other ones that do replenish it more often, but it's the fabric. You can do it over and over and over again. It's way better than saran wrap oh yeah i did accidentally leave one in my hiking bag once and it got moldy and i had to throw it out i oh, i was no. curious that i cut off the piece that wasn't moldy but yeah, <laughs> a little bit so now i have a two inch strip of beeswax wrap or literally like two inches wide and like 10 inches long but then i use it to wrap like really small pieces of um, vegetables that are left over and it works pretty well or cheese or whatever. <laughs> that is cool. See, Perfect size. Yes. <laughs> um, so, oh, go ahead. I was going to say, so uh, I know we've kind of touched on this a little, the problem with plastics, but just to kind of reiterate to our listeners, um, you know, they stick around for a really long time. I mean, we've only had plastics in existence since, what, the 30s or 40s. They were invented as part of the war effort, and then they kind of took off for everyday use. But um, they're relatively new. They transformed, you know, our world overnight, and, and people loved it. But now we're starting to understand the consequences, the long-term effects on the environment and our health. Um, I mean, there's, we didn't even really talk about the health aspect of, you know, things uh, rubbing off in our food and water and uh, even the clothes that we wear sometimes. So uh, as we're starting to learn more, it just, to me, it doesn't make sense why we're still so dependent on it when we kind of know all the negative outcomes. <laughs> that is a very, I, yeah, I don't understand either. Why so many people rely and depend on it when there are other alternatives and it's not a long-term solution at all. Yeah. So when you're shopping, if you have the choice to buy something in a plastic jar, glass, or even metal, try to opt for the, you know, metal or glass. They're more infinitely recyclable. The plastic, like we've said, isn't as recyclable, breaks down quicker. Um, the other problem is like even when you put stuff in a recycle bin, it doesn't always end up at the facility or if it does and the batch is bad, everything gets thrown out. Um, a lot of the plastic in our waterways is just from like being blown off of the back of a truck or washed away in a storm or something. So you may think you're doing the right thing, but a lot of times it still ends up in nature. And Jen, when you worked at Fort Hood, I'm sure you could attest to this, you know, seeing the struggles the recycle center here went through <laughs> with contamination. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Those plastic bags get wrapped up in all of the recycling equipment. And so it, 
um, it causes a lot of problems with having to do repairs on the equipment and, you know, shutting everything down to clean it out. Um, so yeah, I guess anything you can do to not put plastic bags of any sort in your recycling would be much appreciated, I'm sure, for everyone involved. It would be. I mean, it is it is kind of crazy to think about that only um, about 9% of everything that people throw into the recycling bin actually does get recycled. Um, the, the intention is there, I guess, but it's we're not there at the step where it's properly done. We're yeah. far away, actually. So it's better just to not use it in the first place. Yes. And we we have seen a lot more companies step up and um, come up with alternative packaging and develop what they say is compostable. But even those uh, or compostable plastic, I should say. But those have their drawbacks as well. I mean, some of them are only compostable in an industrial facility. And then people might look at you like, why are you giving me a plastic bag to compost? Um, or, you know, there's just been issues with, you know, how and when and, you know, everything they actually break down. So, again, just probably try to avoid it at all costs and look for companies that go out of their way to not package things in plastic. I, would also I bought like yogurt see. the other day. I bought Ooh. yogurt the other day that was in a glass jar. I was so excited. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> and it was like the perfect size where I was like, oh my goodness, I could put like my new face lotion in here <laughs> yeah. that I'm going to make. <laughs> Can I reuse this glass jar? I love glass jars. Figuring out things to use them for. I totally nerd out over the weirdest stuff and my husband is just like, Oh my gosh. <laughs> I have bought things. I've bought things because I like the jar. <laughs> That's awesome. I'm gonna reuse it. Yeah. Like, so, so I do have a question. Like so I have family members that really struggle with, you know, aluminum foil or cling wrap or ziploc bags. You know, it's like these conveniences that we've been given that reduces cleaning time in essence, like, you know, you want to line your pan with aluminum foil so you don't have to scrub it for hours to get whatever you were cooking on it, like, off. Um, have you found any good, like, substitutes for aluminum foil? Like, um, you just... Well, for aluminum foil, is a little bit hard, but for, for baking, like, parchment paper, um, there are reusable options out there. Um but they do ultimately end up in the landfill as well after they're done. They, there is no way of recycling them. Um, I mean, I personally use a lot of glass, like the Pyrex glass bowls to put into the oven. They seem to be a lot easier to clean versus the metal pan. Um, other than that, I would just like to, well, Butter. encourage people to maybe make, a more conscious decision. You don't, if I know maybe you want to go for the regular parchment paper, but at least the parchment paper, if you do choose that option is compostable, it will break down. Um, aluminum foil is just as wasteful as plastic basically at the end. So there's like silicone baking liners that uh, yes. you can use and rewash and they I work pretty those. well. 
They do. Yeah. I have um, silk pads and knockoff silk pads that I use for the baking sheets, and they're amazing. And then I I don't have any. I used up all my cupcake liners years ago, so all I do now is just grease the crap out of my muffin tins or my loaf tins with butter, and just it works really well, and it makes it a little yeah. tasty crisp on the outside. Good. Exactly. I have some silicone cups, but they are really hard to clean. <laughs> they are, and I, I had a silicone um, loaf pan one time, but the problem with it, it had no rigidity, so it just sort of mm-hmm. like open, like it, like it just sagged oh. at the oh. side. It was sad. So oh. those are awesome. But the silk pads great are great, and you can get them at the dollar store. Oh, yeah. You guys so are making me want to like bake right now. <laughs> I made granola a- today. so speaking of you mentioned yogurt tin and uh, we were talking about fails earlier um for some reason i have it in my head to try to make yogurt in my instant pot partially to like reduce the containers that i buy yogurt in but also um i tried making cheese last month (laughs) chris knows this story it was a complete disaster (laughs) But my thought was, well, if I can make my own cheese, I'm not using the plastic and it's easier, you know, and it's here. But no, it was a huge mess. It ended up costing me like three times as much as cheese would have cost in the store. Um, I was making mozzarella and I ended up with ricotta. It was just, it's not great. So (laughs) Stick (laughs) to what you're good at. (laughs) Yeah, I was trying something new, and um, I was in quarantine, you know, like, I'm going to do a new thing. And now I have, like, 29 more servings to use up. Oh, boy. (laughs) It comes with 30 servings. So, yeah, not everything works the first time. (laughs) What did you do wrong? Like, can you just fix it, like, the next Um, time? I think it was a combination of my milk was slightly expired. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and I probably didn't have the right milk because it's supposed to be low pasteurized or not pasteurized at all. And it was from the grocery store and that's all they had. It was, it was not ultra pasteurized, but it wasn't low. So everything that I heard after the fact was like, yeah, you probably need to get better milk. And, you know, I followed the directions the way I was supposed to. Um, it was an adventure. I, I documented it on Snapchat and, you know, my five followers probably got a kick out of it, so. Are you willing to give it another shot? Yeah, because I already paid for it. <laughs> I actually have another gallon of milk in there that I need to hurry up and use before it goes bad, so. Anyways. Yeah. Some more ricotta. Adventures in uh, low-waste living, trying things you never thought you would, and sometimes they work, sometimes they don't. <laughs> but um is there anything else y'all wanted to talk about with regards to plastic or living low waste or Mm. i would just like to see that is my main my main thing that i have um people actually maybe trying options that were already on the market like Secondhand items is one thing that I think can also make a big impact. Um, like not only shopping your clothes secondhand if you want to. I mean, there's not just dingy, dirty, creepy 
um, thrift stores. They are, I, I'm not going to lie, they are a little rugged looking. Um, sorry, I thought someone knocked. Um, but just in general, that you're trying to get something that has already been used before. There's there's items being kicked out on the curb every day. Um, and that doesn't just apply to clothing, it applies to furniture. I, I drive along the road so many times and I see just things being thrown out that will end up in the landfill because, well, that's where it's going to go. Um, I mean, we have a lot of secondhand things in our house. I mean, this desk, my work desk right here, I got secondhand. I started off with a secondhand sewing machine. So I think if people also would give that a try and don't always have to buy new that I think that would help a lot too. Yeah, that's a great point. It's all about reducing. And like we've said, keeping things out of the landfill ultimately. And that yes. plays a big part in it. And I think the secondhand movement's kind of having a resurgence lately. Oh yeah, absolutely. It is. Now it's cool yeah. to, buy used and shop thrift stores so I'm like I've been cool my whole life but you know <laughs> my mom would force us to go to thrift shops and I was just so embarrassed as a kid and now I'm like this is great <laughs> but now everybody's taking up the goodies on here yeah you look like you had something else Jen <laughs> I was just going to, like, I'm just remembering when I was doing net zero waste at Fort Hood. Um, it really came down to just, like, how you were raised, I think. It's really hard for people that were raised a certain way to, to make those changes um, unless they're consciously wanting to do it. Like, there's not a lot that a person can say to make someone change right like the person has to want to do it on their own and I think the only secret that I learned from that whole experience was um to change behavior you know there's something called social proofing where you you create um like rewards for people that are doing the right thing and you're showing it in a public space so that they're getting recognition and people will say, oh, I want to be a part of that. I want to get recognition for doing something good. And then that is maybe where like small little changes can start to happen. Um, so I know I'm no longer in your area, but I know you guys are working really hard and trying to still, you know, make things happen there. So just keep fighting the good fight. And like, <laughs> if there's anything that you can do to... Um, I think it's like more of the carrot and less of the stick kind of approach with all of this. So um, when you have those interactions and conversations with people, you know, you just have to focus on the positive and, um, you know, try to redirect the conversation into a space where people want to be a part of it. So because it, it makes them feel good. Um, but yeah. It was a struggle because <laughs> a lot of people don't want to change. And so you just you have to focus on the, the champions in your area and the people that are interested because it's really easy to become disheartened. If you try to focus too much energy on the people that are just like an absolute no, you just move on to the next one and just mm -hmm. try to, you know, let them find it at their own pace 
so yeah, I don't know. That's all I wanted to say. I was just like reminiscing a little bit. I was like, oh yeah, I used to work on that through waste. <laughs> Um, it is I mean change is scary so I do understand why some people might not want to have to think about whether to buy the Oreos right now or not you know or to how to get orange shoes if you really want it because there's not there's almost no options out there to get orange shoes package free or in a more sustainable packaging so I think no you you got a point there um leading leading by example and with the carrot and not with the with the stick definitely helps so i mean when we go out grocery shopping we get it a lot that pre-pandemic days <laughs> right now of course it's a little harder um but people are very impressed when we walk in the store with our own produce bags or with our own containers and we get a a lot of questions um what that whole thing is about. Why are we bringing our own containers? You know, so we do, we do get a lot of questions. And I think if you actually, well, live by example, it helps. It might encourage someone because it's it's not that hard. It's really not that much a change to be prepared, bring your own containers. I mean, who doesn't have a plastic, even if it's a plastic container, bring that instead of a new plastic bag, you know, everybody has has little, little, boxes the plastic ones at home for leftover food mm-hmm. yep well we've had a lot to think about hopefully our listeners uh, get some good ideas out of this and if you guys um, are inspired uh, I hope you'll participate in plastic free July and oh, try to at do. least mm-hmm. yeah at least reduce your use of plastic um, if not for the whole month set a goal, like uh, Linda said, maybe a week or a couple weeks, or pick one item that you're not going to use that month that you would normally use, like a straw or flatware or or something that you can replace incrementally. Um, And then try to build on it because none of us, you know, started doing everything at once. Um, We we had to build on it. And and that's something else I'll add is um, when you're trying to go low waste, don't just throw out everything you've already got. Like mm-hmm. that defeats the purpose of, you know, waste or not wasting. Um, if you have a bottle of sunscreen or whatever in a plastic container, use it up first and then get the new thing, you know, or use up the, the Ziploc bags or whatever or, or donate them to an organization that can use them for something else. But don't just go out and buy everything new because one, it's not affordable that way. <laughs> and two, um, yeah, it's overwhelming. So that would be my suggestion to folks. Yeah. Take it by bit. Yeah. Well, with that, um, let's go ahead and jump into our green life hacks for this month. Um, Jen, would you like to go first? Sure. Um, I used to have a lot of like plastic to go containers, um, you know, from takeout that we were always just reusing and washing and reusing to put our food in. Um, but I did recently invest in some of the Pyrex, um, like glass containers. Um, so that's healthier for you because those plastics do break down over time, like we were talking about and, um, it can mess up your hormone levels as well. So when plastic is leaching into your system, 
it can affect your, the estrogen levels in your body. So, um, I, I've always wanted to, you know, use less plastic and especially when you're storing your food in it. And a lot of people, you know, you'll see them put plastic in the, sorry, it's my dog. They'll put plastic in the, uh, the microwave to, you know, heat up their food in and, I'm just like watching you know, this happen. Oh, no. I'm like, no, Georgia. I've even seen people put like styrofoam oh, in the microwave, and I'm just like, do you know what you're about to ingest in your body? Also, so, it yeah. like crumbles when you <laughs> microwave it. You know, it's like it just blows my mind sometimes. But again, it's that approach where like you can't, you can't like interrupt that action with like hostility <laughs> you really want to just be like you just want to shake them and be like come on like think about just this. slip a pamphlet <laughs> under their door later like just read yeah, this. yeah so you have to kind of like just gently and subtly be like hey you know you might want to try using like a ceramic plate next time just you know, it's not healthy for you and um, those plastics get into your system, you know, so it's, it's again, just anyway. So yeah, <laughs> I have glass now <laughs> um, for those, for those instances. And is this for use at home or when you eat out or both? Um, so we mostly cook, um, everything so it's just for when we take our food to work to heat it up um when we eat out we generally just eat all of the food there's really not (laughs) there's usually not much left over but I haven't been very good about remembering to bring like my own container into a restaurant for like the leftovers but yeah we've been better at restaurants yeah 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 what's that that was so long ago Yeah, I I had a little bag where I would bring all the reusable stuff in. So when I had leftovers, because I always have leftovers, I could throw it in there. But now it's like just sitting there lonely because I'm not eating in a restaurant right now. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. A lot of restaurants have opened up in San Antonio and I have been going. (laughs) I'm like, I am tired of cooking and I just want to eat on some plates. Place. Yeah, it, it actually felt really nice. I'm not gonna lie. I miss it. Um, Chris, what is your green life hack for the month? I have two because last month my internet cut out because it was the day before we moved, and I forgot that the internet had been shut off. So I was working off a raised phone, it kicked me <laughs> off right at the end. Um, so mine for that one was um. Because of this pandemic, we obviously moving was not going to happen the traditional way. We couldn't go to liquor stores or grocery stores and ask for the boxes for their, you know, from their leftover whatevers. Um, We couldn't ask a bunch of people to come help us. We couldn't, you know, ask friends to borrow their trucks or anything like that. So we need to get really creative. And you wouldn't believe the amount of people who have totes big old plastic containers just hanging out in their basement not doing anything so thankfully my mom gave us a bunch to borrow and my aunt gave us a bunch um so that did a good chunk I mean we didn't have a whole lot of stuff but um that really helped was just borrowing these totes that um they had sitting in their basement or 
prescription. Um, they just weren't doing anything, and then we can give them back, and there's no waste there. And I'm sure they'll my aunt will let some other relative borrow them for something. Um, and they're so much sturdier too. They protect your sturdy. items a lot better. Yes, my mom did buy us a couple of uh, boxes, and we used to my a lot of plastic bags. That last day, we were just shoving stuff, anything soft, into a plastic bag. Ran out of boxes, and we also ran out of time. Um, and we had to rent a U-Haul truck to avoid asking anybody to help us. Yeah. And so it was. I mean, it worked out fine. We've been here for almost a month, so clearly it was fine. Um, and this month, my uh, my husband Ray found. Usable orbital sand discs, which I'm so happy to find. So instead of um, so home renovations and um, handyman and all that kind of stuff, construction stuff doesn't really talk a lot about in the zero community. It's when you are very handy, like my husband is, and he likes to do projects and stuff. He's always looking for a reusable solution. And sander pads, your pump sander, your orbital sander are always single um, use. Just toss them awesome. they're no good. So, but he found reusable ones. So, all you have to do, and in very, very uh, consistent. So, so happy. He bought a package. So, all you do when you're using them is rinse them off. Jen's face, I'm sorry. <laughs> What's wrong? Jen is just, we're hearing a lot of feedback from something. Oh, no, I'm not sure what it is. I'm not sure, but uh, Jen's face is just... Sorry. Um, it just sounds like, like wind blowing or a motor or something. I'm not sure. Um, but okay. <laughs> I'm just not going to look at her right now. But, yeah, that's pretty cool. I didn't know they so, made those reusable. Well, I didn't know either, and he didn't either, and he found them, and he was so happy. Um, and also, um, they get a lot of leftover boxes from uh, their packaging and stuff like that. So they use that instead of plastic bags. You put all your stuff in the cardboard box and take it out with you. So, yeah. And bulk nails and all that stuff that still that still exists at hardware stores. So. Great. Um, Melinda, what is your green life hack? Oh boy. Um, I've done a lot of things, but <laughs> <laughs> um, actually, this month—well, the month barely started—but um, the end of last month, I started using dryer balls for the first time. So I've heard them. I I know that they are around, and I've heard about them for a long, long time. But I always thought I don't need them because my laundry is just fine. Um, but boy, it's nice to have great smelling, like super fresh essential oil because planet and stuff. Um, laundry again. I feel like a, a human again. So dryer balls. That's, Are they wool or? They're felt actually, okay. which is wool. God, bad on me. Shame on me. Um, they're, they're great. So we'll have those available too soon, but I really, I, I'm so happy. My laundry smells great again. And that is, awesome. that would be the main thing. It's one thing that I think everybody needs now. 
even though I thought they were unnecessary before. Instead of the disposable sheets, I think, right? Yeah, that's of kind course. of what they replace. Yeah. yeah, well, we haven't used those sheets since, well, since ever since. I never really used them anyways, but now that my laundry is smelling so nice and clean and fresh, I'm just, I'm happy. <laughs> that's awesome. Um, so mine is kind of diverging from our topic a little bit um, in wake of everything that's been happening in the States these last few weeks, we're recording in the middle of or in the beginning of June. Um, so this is right after um, the, you know, Memorial Day incident with George Floyd and subsequent protests and, and um, everything around the country. Um, that's really got a lot of people talking about, you know, race issues and uh, hopefully, you know, more people advocating for change in that area. Um, so my green life hack today is really looking at kind of where we spend our money and what the money that we invest in and the companies that we we buy from, um, what they're doing with that money or, you know, the kinds of causes they're supporting. So um, there's you know, a lot of there are a lot of uh, lists and websites out there that will help you kind of figure out what causes speak to you. Um, but specifically, uh, HowToDivest.org, you know, gives a list of banks that does not fund the the Dakota Pipeline and other environmentally um, and 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 racially, you know non-supportive uh, causes. Um, impact investing is something you can look into to kind of see like what companies or what what causes you want to support um, so that you, you can ensure that they are uh, supporting communities of color and environmental causes and not doing things that are detrimental to, you know, society as a whole. So that's my green life hack is just encouraging folks to start thinking more about where their money goes. If you have investment accounts, you know, try to make sure it's going more to support communities in need and the people that um, that need it the most versus a big company or, you know, corporation that isn't gonna, you know, hurt <laughs> if you if you invest in something else. So um, with that, uh, I guess we'll move on to where we can find everyone online. Uh, Jen, are you still exclusive to Sustainably Geeky? <laughs> yep. Pretty much. <laughs> you can only get her here, guys. <laughs> Chris, what about you? Where can we find you online? Uh, here, Sustainably Geeky and Epically Geeky, our parent corporation. Um, marginally Geeky and Creatively Geeky. I knew there was another one there. Uh, and on Instagram at The Borough Life. Great. Uh and you can find me at, um, of course, here on sustainably or on epically geeky, marginally geeky, and creatively geeky. I'm also on all of the different social medias at Het's gonna be me. Um, and Linda, where can we find you and your store on the internet? Um, so we're online on Facebook and on Instagram. It's both Screw Plastic. It's that simple. You just type it in, you'll find us. Um, we just started the Etsy shop and then um, same thing, screw plastic going all the way. And then we have five local store locations if I'm allowed to for yeah. the local ones. Um, so we're at the Honey Walker farm. They were actually the first ones that 
carried some of our products. They started off with the beeswax wraps because we get their beeswax and now they have the beeswax wraps, uh, the replenishment bars and also our wildflower oils. So that is pretty cool. We're steadily growing there. Um, we're in Sanctuary Holistic Kitchen, which is in Georgetown. Um, they're all, they have a little bulk section. They're all about holistic living. So right up our alley. Um, Skin Deep is a medical spa in Harker Heights. We got our products there as well. Star Hair Cutters is a barbershop in Temple. We also got our beard oils and we'll have our hair oils there soon once they're out and we're done experimenting. Um, and then the last one where you can actually go into a store location that is with 70 different vendors as far as I remember is the exchange on Central in Belton. So those are the ones we're currently having our products at. Awesome. So if you're in the Colleen, Harker Heights, Central Texas area, or if you're passing through um, and you want to purchase from a store, that's a great option. Otherwise, um, the website and you can message Linda on all the different social media pages with any questions. Or please go to a farmer's market because they need the help. Everybody does. And it supports your local economy. So shop local. Absolutely. Well, thank you, ladies, and everyone listening. Um, have a great rest of your day. Uh, if you, if you, I'm sorry, before we sign off, um, if you <laughs> would subscribe to us, give us a five-star rating, uh, all that jazz, it really helps us. And then if you have any other questions um, or suggestions for us, feel free to reach out on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Um, the show is, is in all those places. And, of course, um, we'd love to hear what you think or if you have a suggestion for a topic in the future. Thanks, guys. Have a great night. This has been a presentation of the Epically Geeky Network. 